So, welcome to my very first podcast. I, uh, my name is Mandy. I live in Southern California. I'm middle-aged. I'm been separated for about two and a half years. And um, I don't know what this podcast is about. But I want it to be about being myself. I feel like I've spent a good portion of my life not feeling like it was okay to say what I really felt in a public way because I grew up in a small town in Connecticut where everything was very conformist and everything was about um, going along with whatever everyone else was thinking. And I remember when I graduated high school, I couldn't wait to go to college. I couldn't wait to go to New York. I couldn't wait uh, to spend time in New York City um, because I wanted to get away from all that. I wanted diversity. I wanted to meet interesting people. I wanted to meet people who thought differently than everything that I had spent a lifetime our childhood um, being around. And here I am now, a middle-aged woman, feeling like the things that I've done in my career as far as being a writer, um, even though I've had a chronic illness for two decades and it's really hindered my career, in many, many ways, and I've not really been able to work very much at all. Um, But in that time, I've been a screenwriter. um, I've been a columnist in magazines. I've, you know, done other uh, work and taken a lot of small gigs that I could do when my health was okay or well enough. Um, So I used to work in entertainment, but I had to quit because I just couldn't couldn't continue working in production um, in TV or film once um, once I got um, chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, which is what I've had. And um, I just find that I've always kind of censored myself just enough that I feel afraid to say how I really feel about things. I feel like whatever I say is going to come back to haunt me or the fact that I change my mind a lot on issues where I might feel a certain way on something and then I'll hear somebody in a TED talk or just somebody speaking about something and I'll completely change my mind and have a completely different opinion. Um, and that's, I think, a good thing about having an open mind is that you're open to ideas, that you're not completely locked into an idea for an entire lifetime because it's what you learned in your 20s or your 30s and that's how you always feel about politics or that's always how you feel about investing money or that's how you always feel about anything, religion, you know. So for me, um, this is kind of an experiment or an opportunity to see how it feels to say how I really feel in a public way 
I'm very honest and candid with people that I know and people that I'm friends with and people that I'm close with, but I see people having podcasts and shows and they're almost, you know, making a living off of their candidness or almost, it almost seems in ways that they're being fake honest, if you will, um, to get more listeners in, in some ways. But I just want to genuinely say how I feel when it comes to anything. And I know that the world is filled with people sharing their opinions and sharing how they feel. And it's almost kind of annoying and overwhelming. And it's kind of like, who gives a shit? But, um, you know, if my voice is just another one in the mess, then nobody will probably hear it. And maybe if somebody does, then maybe it resonates with someone else who feels the same way. You know, I'm somebody who has a Twitter account, but I rarely use it. And I don't really like getting into arguments with people um, or discussions with people um, on social media because I feel like I just don't think you're really going to change anybody else's mind. And I realize it's not really my job to do that, nor do I have any real true desire. You know, if somebody believes something so staunchly, then let them, you know, maybe something big will happen in their life that will change their mind. It certainly doesn't have to be an exchange with me. And it seems just like, in a lot of ways, a colossal waste of time. Um, unless you're somebody who has a lot of, you know, followers or you have a big platform or you're somebody that people listen to. And I'm not saying that people can't build an audience and all that, but that's not really what I'm looking to do. I'm just looking to, to feel liberated. I left the little town that I grew up in Connecticut so that I could feel liberated. And I did. And I do in that way. I felt liberated to just be around other people who are like-minded and people who tend to have more of an open mind on things. And I found that and that works for me. And that's why I tend to be somebody who lives in cities like the city I live in being Los Angeles. And, but at the same time, I still am very shy about the thought of doing anything public or even I had a blog for a while and I took it down because I just felt uncomfortable about having things out there that were candid. When as a writer, I do candid writing really well. So I'm kind of putting myself between a rock and a hard place of not knowing. I feel like there's a lot of vocal fry in my voice. I tend to do these when I'm a little bit tired for some reason. And um, today's a day where I could just hear that sound at the bottom of my voice when um, I'm kind of finishing a sentence. Um, so I guess if I had to share anything really candid, um, it's probably the first thing on my mind is the fact that I've been separated for two and a half years and I was, um, married for almost 15 and with this person for 
20 years. And that's a long time. That's really a long time. And two and a half years is just, just kind of feels like, it feels like a million years ago that we got separated and it feels like yesterday. Because it's the death of something. It's the death of my marriage. And as much as, you know, divorces obviously are a necessity, uh, a good thing in a lot of ways, they're so incredibly painful. I, I don't think I've ever gone through anything so painful before. Um, so much grieving, even just in a constant kind of basis from seeing, you know, uh, home products that I used to have, um, you know, going from living in a big home, going back to renting an apartment, and I mean, a small apartment, um, you know, all of the grief of the life that you thought you were going to have, and the dream that's now gone. And being somebody with a chronic illness on top of that, and I haven't worked because I've not been able to in the past five years, it's terrifying. And it's terrifying to be middle age and be in this position. And I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. And yes, there will be alimony, but um, I don't know how much it will be. And I don't know if it's going to be enough to live on. And I don't know what I'm going to do because I really honestly, my health is so bad that I really can't work. So it's a scary time. And my husband's salary has gone down $100,000 in the past two and a half years since we separated. So two and a half years ago, I wasn't worried about how much money I was going to have not nearly as much as I am now. So this hasn't been a fun time. And then you throw a pandemic halfway through it. And I don't know, with a chronic illness, I was pretty prepared for this pandemic. Um, I'm used to, you know, having to stay home and watch TV on days that I'm really exhausted, sometimes for days, sometimes for weeks in a row, sometimes months. Um, it's been a rough road. I don't think people understand what people with chronic illnesses go through, especially something like chronic fatigue syndrome that has no cure, but it doesn't even have what I'd say. It has a definitive diagnosis, if you will, but not exactly. And there's no one test you can take. You just have a series of symptoms. But it's a big process of elimination to get there. And it's really easy to doubt doctors who just say, oh, well, you've been tired for over six months. You, you know, um, you, you've got chronic fatigue syndrome. And I'm like, but, but I could have anything, a million things cause fatigue, you know, but it started with a flu. And... Um, it took me about 12 years to finally actually really accept the diagnosis. 
and accept the fact that I may not be able to find a cure for this. Even though I'm actually uh, following a program right now, pursuing a program that was written by um, a Australian physicist who had CFS himself, wrote a book about it, and a whole online program, and I decided to try that program out for myself. So I'm at the very beginning. Um, there's not much to report yet, except that I, you know, started going to a naturopath again, which I hadn't done for a while. I've been doing Chinese herbs and acupuncture and things like that, but I had just taken just buckets and buckets of, you know, supplements with integrative doctors for so long that I'm taking all kinds of IVs and, and every kind of like therapy you can think of that's holistic and every medication that's Western and, and used off-label medications and, and everything that there is available and nothing worked and did talk therapy, went to every kind of doctor, over 50 doctors. I stopped counting and I spent over a hundred thousand dollars and stopped counting. So, um, it's been a lot. So to be in this place now and to be grieving and to be so exhausted and to be stressed out about an uncertain future, even before the pandemic, um, I'm not even that worried about what the world's going to be like after the pandemic because the world will adapt and people will figure it out. Um, it's almost been kind of entertaining in a sick kind of way for me watching everybody freak out about having to stay home when I can do two weeks inside standing on my head without even thinking about it. I don't like it, but I can do it. And it doesn't make me insane because I've had to do it over and over and over again. And um, for people that are, you know, talking about, well, my well-being and, you know, what about this and what about that? I'm like, you just, you don't know the half of it. I don't tell people how hard this is and what the exhaustion is like and that walking more than seven blocks is enough to, you know, um, put me, you know, on the couch for a day, sometimes two. Um, or that I can't drive anymore because driving gives me such bad migraines. Um, or that I stopped driving on the freeway years ago. I don't even remember when it was that I really last drove on the freeway um, because it's too overstimulating. Um, and it, it, it just shuts me down and creates amazing amounts of anxiety. And it's embarrassing to admit all these things. And there's there's more, but that's just what I have at the top of my brain right now. Um, I feel hopeful. I've been better, and I've actually been worse. And I know people have recovered who are bed-bound, and I've never been bed-bound. So maybe... I figured if other people have figured it out and it's probably, you know, 
because they've realized it's really about the autonomic nervous system. It's not one particular thing. Um, and your body just gets kind of like, you know, rewired and you, you have to figure out a way to reprogram it and support the things that need support that that is a way to potentially, you know, cure this illness. And you don't hear a lot of people talking about being cured. Um, and the same thing isn't going to work for everybody. And that's the other problem, but I'm not really here to talk about chronic fatigue syndrome forever. I'm just talking about what it's like to live in real serious uncertainty. And I'm somebody who had breast cancer. This this is different. This is a different kind of survival, I guess. You know, breast cancer was, you know, was early stage. So that was about, well, I'll guess I'm going to survive this, but will I survive a recurrence? Um, it was confusing and terrifying and really stressful, but it was really six months of, of really intense stress. And then it got easier and the intense part of the treatment was complete. And then it was recovering from what that time had been. And that was traumatizing in its own way. It's just psychologically traumatizing. This, for two decades, has also been traumatizing in its own way. But getting divorced and being chronically ill is terrifying. Because now... My fear is dealing with this alone. And what if I don't get enough money? What if I can't pay my bills? What if I can't pay for the medical support and help that I need? It's not cheap having chronic fatigue. None of the doctors I go to take insurance. Holistic practitioners don't. Um... Any healers that I go to don't. Um, Western medicine has really nothing to offer chronic fatigue syndrome patients. Integrative doctors do, and they are MDs, but um, they, in my opinion, are the worst um, for dealing with this illness. I've had nothing but horrifying experiences, or either nothing happens or I'm made worse. Um, and oftentimes a lot of people with chronic fatigue, uh, their, their symptoms are made worse by, um, people jamming a lot of different medications at them that aren't doing anything to solve the problem because they're just throwing everything at the fan to see what sticks. That is the wrong metaphor. <laughs> it's throw, throwing it at the wall to see what sticks or when the shit hits the fan, but um, 
it's just this moment in time where I wish I was on the other side of it. And I could say, wow, that was a really scary time. But I got through it. And I got better. And I figured it all out. And it all turned out okay. And then I died. Because um, we're all going to die someday. And to me, there's some relief in that. Because this is exhausting. Being on the physical planet, this is exhausting. I find great amounts of joy in being alive. I've been enjoyed every single laugh I've ever had and all the fun I've had with all the friends and all the people that I've known and all the things I've done and all the countries I've traveled to and all the great, great experiences I've had. But this has just kicked the shit out of me. And I'm just, I'm just done fighting. I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired of being in this perpetual phase of getting tired and then feeling better and having more energy, being able to work a little and then getting exhausted again and having to quit and be exhausted and just lie around and do nothing and then a year or two or three or four or five later I start to really feel better and it just I'm I'm over it and I really don't know if I have it in me to keep trying I know I will and I don't know if I have faith all the time, I need it. I need to have faith. But I believed every single doctor and every single time I tried this therapy or that therapy and did it for six months, eight months, a year, year and a half. And all these doctors say, oh, you have to do it for two years. And I said, oh, oh really? So the next therapy I did, I did it for two years. Was I better at two years? Fuck no. And it's bullshit. This is arbitrarily making up two years for any therapy. Oh, if you have chronic fatigue, it's going to take two years. And it's not true. It's, it's, it, nobody knows. But what happens for most people with the illness is that they run out of money before two years or after eight months or nine months. They're not seeing much of an improvement and they give up. Or they have to stop because they, they don't have the money. And, and it's just sad. It's just sad. And, um, I'm just really hoping that this time is going to be different. And even though I'm being honest now, I'm not being 100% honest. I'm trying. But I feel really invisible. And I feel like my life isn't what it was supposed to be.
or what it could have been. And I believe so much that there's still plenty of time for me to make the most of the time I have left if the universe would just fucking let me have my health. I don't know what I'm supposed to have learned from this that I haven't already learned about having compassion for other people who have illnesses, who are sick, who have any kind of issue for that matter. I feel like I can't imagine one more day making a difference in what I now know. I can't imagine growing any more spiritually from this. That's not for me to know. But if it's about having 100% faith that I can get better, then I suppose that would be huge spiritual growth. But I've had that faith so many times just to have it doused when I just didn't get that much better for $8,000 or $10,000 of time and effort and months of, you know, energy put into this treatment and that diet and all of it combined to come out a lot a lot of times worse with problems I didn't have before or now on medications that I've not been able to get off of. So it's hard to explain to people what this is like. I wouldn't have known if it hadn't happened to me. And now I know. And in some ways, I know it's made me a better person. Because I wouldn't be the same person. I wouldn't have the same compassion for people. If this hadn't happened, I just wouldn't. Because illness, you know, scared me um, when I was younger. And um, I kind of veered away from, you know, people with chronic type of things. And then it happened to me. But I could have easily gotten more comfortable with that in my older age. But I didn't really get a chance to find out because I've been sick the whole time. But I'm getting kind of tired. And I talked a lot on the phone today with a friend I didn't talk to in a while. And um, I'm going to wrap this up. But I'm going to try to be better at being authentic even if I never actually do a podcast or ever share anything. The last thing I really want is to do one that's serious. I want want to do one that's fun. I want to do one that's serious sometimes, but has a lot of laughs in it. But I just don't feel like my life is fun right now. So I just don't know what to do.